Welcome to The Broken Arrow, a traditional bow hunting podcast brought to you by Addictive Archery, with your hosts, Schaefer Magnet and Chris Siegel. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Before we get into today's episode, we just want to remind you that on March 17th and 18th, Compton Traditional Bowhunters will be holding their 2023 Big Game Classic. It's hosted by Michigan Traditional Bowhunters and will feature TJ Conrads as the uh, keynote speaker on Saturday evening and a whole bunch of different vendors, seminars, um, a traditional film festival, traditional classic archery trade show, archive measuring, and big game display, a bucket raffle, and banquets Friday and Saturday evening. So be sure to check it out. It'll be held at the Sheridan Grand Rapids Airport Hotel in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So hope to see you all there and enjoy this episode. What's up? Hello, Newman. I I feel like I was portrayed poorly at Tech when (laughs) Skype was just letting me down. I want this to be known. He's terrible at it. This is like the first time I've used Skype since 2009 when I was deployed. So you guys were—I I couldn't really do anything to help. Schaefer's kind of old school. We haven't—we haven't stepped up to Microsoft Teams and/or uh, Zoom yet. Got it. We're still using Skype. You know, <laughs> it was my generation that you know Skype was a thing. Oh, well, it's just like I'm AIM. Not. Do you remember AIM? Probably not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. AIM? <laughs> what? He spells it out. All right. AI, All right. It was I, AO, I think it was Instant Messenger. I don't remember what the yeah. A was. And that was it. Yeah. My thing's died. And yeah, I'm hey. the one that's bad with tech. We're very professional here, Newman. I was doing it really uh, until you hung up the phone with me. I don't know if you guys if you guys can hear me fine. I'm just gonna do this, but I can put headphones on or whatever too. No, you sound good. So all right, cool. Half the time, the guests come on with something significantly less fancy, and they sound about eight times better. And it's very unfortunate. <laughs> you really feel like you got your money out all that gear? Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. How about that? Sounds like you. All right, cool. You're a little echoey, well, like I had said, but it's okay. All right, is, is that okay? Yeah, you sound fine. Yep. As good as you can, anyways. I'm, I'm currently in a hotel room working with what I got, so... I, I guess, uh, Newman, you should probably go ahead and introduce yourself so we can appease Shaver's dad, as always. Right, and um, so we know... All we know you by is Newman. It's just Yeah, Newman. you could, you could <laughs> yeah, be just a one... Good. Is that a one-name per... Like, is that a are first you name, Cher? last name, are or you, both? Are you, like, share? Are you... Madonna. So, like, my my parents, in their infinite wisdom, um, gave me four names. So, when I'm filling out, you know, anything, it's a pain because it only asks for one middle initial, and I have two middle initials. Um, John is really my first name, but I go by my middle name. So, um, okay. And we swore we would never do that to my kids. We named my son John, but we call him Jack. So we did it to our kids too. <laughs> What's your second middle name? Scott. John Newman Scott Scott Newman and now now Newman. Like all oh. of us can go and open up some credit card accounts because they have my full name so we'll get to my birthday no we still we don't know your last name so just leave it there we just yeah, know your first and two middles 
Just give us your social security card number and we'll call it a day. <laughs> Some guy from Nigeria called me earlier and I gave it to him. Do you guys need it too? No, we'll be all right. I think we I think we can proceed without it. Yeah. What's your cat's name, by the way, or dog? Just uh, you know, no, just no, in case it has a security no, question. No <laughs> what high school did you go to? What street were you born on? Right. First job. Uh Oh, so like I said, carried. we're gonna we're gonna talk about all kinds of stuff tonight. So there it is. Yeah. How was wrestling, man? Everything? Yeah, yeah, he's good. Um, so my yeah, my boy, he's um, this is his first year attempting wrestling. So it's been he's enjoying it, but it's you know it's trying. So he uh, I think he was one and one tonight, which is for your first year, you got to be happy with getting anything. So heck yeah, how old is he? He's seventh grade. Okay. All right. Yeah. Awesome. That's killer. Yeah. That's about, I think that's that's when I tried wrestling. It was, good, it was a good time. So he's been big in baseball for the last few years, but he was looking for a winter sport, and I, I had to break it to him that basketball is probably not going to be his uh, his specialty because um, he's he's built about like I am. So, but he's loving wrestling. Good. That's awesome, man. And are you short in stature, or are we? I'm very average. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Average is short in basketball terms. So. Right. So it's uh, you know, I was like five eleven in high school, and I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'm almost six feet, and I'm I'm still five eleven. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I have those issues. But to be fair, you have over a thirty inch draw cool. length. So yeah, know, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm drawing. You know, if I if I really wanted to, I could probably hit thirty and a half, but thirty and a quarter. So Chris is five um, ten and draws twenty seven. So. <laughs> Chris, you know, every time I use a stringer and string my bow, I think about you. Thanks, man. <laughs> I bet you're not alone. <laughs> Son of a... <laughs> uh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, that might um, be the best line of the episode ever. <laughs> Son of a... <laughs> you know, I think the story was told on like one episode, maybe two, but... It just and then Shepard did... Well, he, no, he, he, he won't let it go. It just keeps yeah. coming up. <laughs> yeah. But it always comes it's up terrible. in a different way. It's never just, like, blatant. Well, sometimes. No. But, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's good whatever. stuff. Good stuff. It's a good, it's a good story. But, it makes you feel any better. I can't buy, like, a regular size long sleeve shirt, and, you know, it, it looks like this, like, half sleeve that I'm wearing. So You're wearing two-thirds th- two sleeves or three-quarter right. sleeves or whatever? Yeah. The, the capris yeah. of sleeves? <laughs> that rhymed way more than I expected it to. That did. That was good. Trademark. I, I, I guess. Um. I guess. Uh. For what? Do you, what do you want to do? You want to give us a, a bit of a background of yourself? I mean, I mean, we know you've been into uh, traditional archery for a little bit here. Um. It's been a fun couple of years following you as well. So. What's yeah? yeah what's been conversation? Like, was it like three or four years now? So let's see. I well, I. I shot bows since you know i started hunting um neither i didn't have parents really many relatives that were into it but i um i think it was it was in scouts when i was really little we were shooting you know you shoot bows and arrows and rifle and shotgun and stuff and it was like i was pretty decent at it and it made me realize i was like hmm, the shooting thing that that may be my thing because i was very mediocre at, you know, little league and all those other types of sports. So I always have loved to shoot. And, um, even though my parents didn't really do it much, they were supportive. 
So um, I got into hunting and, and I first got an old Jennings compound. Um, nice. And it's, it's terrifying thinking back on that because I had like this mix of arrows, probably all different lengths, different weights. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like, I, we got the bow at a pawn shop. I got it for Christmas one year. And so tuning like that wasn't even on my mind. And I actually, right. you know, I, I took it out and hunted with it a few seasons and, and with other stuff as well. And I think my first three seasons struck out, um, and we had a bunch of the family land. So I had like free reign on, I think it's just over 800 acres. Um, nice. so extremely spoiled, um, in that sense, but the deer were just kicking my butt. And then one, one morning I was 16. Um, I was out there and I was in a tree stand, um, probably like 10 feet off the ground. And this little spike came in and he was sniffing like some scent or something that I had put on this grass and like 10 yards. So shaking, breathing heavy, you know, um, make a really good shot about three inches over his back. (laughs) (laughs) And he just looked up and kind of looked around and I had my quiver on my left side. So I had to like reach underneath my arm. I got another arrow out. It probably didn't match the first arrow. I don't even remember. Knocked it. I'm still standing there. I drew again, and I double lunged him. So oh, wow. nice, nice, yeah, nice. But um, how how old were you? 16 on that one. So That's like I said, awesome. I think I had like tried to get a deer uh, with you know some some conviction when I st- I was probably about 13, 12, 13. It, um, is that is that like first deer ever? Yep, that was awesome. first. Year oh, ever. that's great. That's great. So yeah. Um, and, then, and I hunted with I hunted with a bow off and on all compounds for the next almost you know what fifteen years or so. Um, but I never I I don't know I just wasn't I wasn't into it. I was I was in love with all the different cool guns and stuff that are out there. So I was using rifles, pistol, shotgun, muzzleloader, all those types of things. Um, and then probably I think it was 2016, 2017, I just started started shooting the bow again and. Um, I did with my compound. I, I did the whole uh, John Dudley School of Knock, okay. and that was the first time I like anybody had kind of like taught me how to shoot. It was YouTube videos, you know, but I realized that you know, not just trying it all yourself is pretty valuable. So did that. Started shooting a lot of compound, um, scoring a lot of rounds, and kind of going all out. And then that season, I think I got four with my compound, and. Um, and then it was like immediately, okay, well that's cool, but what else? <laughs> what else is there? You know, how uh, can I make this more difficult? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, exactly. And and you know, I had always kind of messed around halfway with a stick bow, and then um, it was kind of like how I, I discovered, you know, Dudley and all his stuff. I discovered the push, and I watched that. What is it? Two hour YouTube video. Yeah, the video. Yep. Yep. And it just clicked in my head. I was like, hmm, maybe you actually can shoot these things, you know, and, and hit something more than five or ten yards away. And then out from there, it was, I mean, I've just been obsessed. Awesome. It, it's it's funny if you flip through your, through your Instagram, you can see, like, you know, your 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 balls out with the compound. You're doing, you're doing the Dudley thing. And then, like, all of a sudden, the, 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 the recurve comes in a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more and more. Boom, and that's it. From there on out, it's just re- it's, it's really cool to see. But um, John Dudley's like, man, he's he's a wealth of knowledge, and I, I oh, used to yeah. I used to be a, I used to be addicted to his podcast when I was shooting compounds. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he's just he's one heck of a, a wealth of knowledge. That guy. I mean, you know, I think you could apply a lot of that to what we're doing with traditional bows too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When I um like when I'm when I'm coaching kids and I volunteer at a summer camp, um, but especially if it's them, and sometimes we do these um they just call them shooting instruction camps. It's like a long weekend where they have some people out there and, uh, and I've started working with the archery with them there. But a lot of times the kids and the parents will say, Hey, you know, okay, this is great, but now what? And I tell them, I said, if you're going to shoot the traditional bow, solid archery mechanics, if you're going to shoot a compound bow, go watch the school of knock. And that's, and I awesome. recommend it to everybody just cause I've seen, you know, I know what it did for me and both of those programs are just great. That is cool. Yes. So, the uh, I think it was the first interaction I ever had with Newman was uh, COVID related. I was doing a, a cold shot challenge on a daily basis because I was furloughed home from work. And in the COVID spirit, I said, try to put one through a toilet paper roll. Bonus points if you use an unused toilet paper. I'm living on the edge. So I completely forgot about that. Newman, <laughs> Newman he, he posted on his Instagram, and I think it's a picture of him in this bathroom after he, I think earlier that day he showed that he, you know, he didn't quite get it, but he hit the toilet paper part. Yeah. I think that's what, yep. and, and later he posts a picture of, he's like, it's not that I regret doing it, but <laughs> I don't know what you said, but. Because there's a picture was, of me in the bathroom. Yeah. Because yeah, your wife told you if you did it, you had to use it. Right. <laughs> Like that. It helps you ration things when you've got, you know, a hole or two where it rips. <laughs> Carefully put your finger. Yeah. yeah. That was, I, that's, I, that's right. Because I, the, the comment was, you know, not just I shoot it after you use it. I have to use it because we're in the great toilet paper famine, you know. Of oh, that was. I remember so at, the height of all, at the height of all that. Some savage threw a roll of toilet paper out the window down my road, and I was like, "Who would do this <laughs> at a time like this?" <laughs> I remember being completely baffled. It was hilarious. It's sad that that gets you called savage. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, I was I, at that point in my life, I was definitely calling that person savage. Yeah, because uh, I thought it was pretty uh, um, ballsy. That yeah. person had that person had just threw caution to the wind and tossed their toilet paper out the window. I always appreciated the people that went out there and did the math when they had these pictures of people coming out of stores with like shopping carts full. Like how many times they would have to go to the bathroom to use all of that toilet paper and it was in the centuries. Oh my god! <laughs> I, re- I remember seeing people with carts full of paper towel and and toilet paper. And just, what, what are you gonna eat, dude? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of Taco Bell. I guess, I guess. The old Fiesta They probably strength. still have all that toilet paper. I would hope you so. Know? Should have been investing in Procter Gamble at that time. Or Charmin, <laughs> or uh, what do you call it? What's the other one? Not Scott. Charmin and... and well, no, Scott's is rough, man. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, been, I've been dealing with that for the last... This, this whole week, I'm, I'm at this hotel. and uh, <laughs> It's a nice hotel, but boy, the toilet paper's terrible. It's no good. <laughs> uh, so, anyways... Anyway, back on track. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the, the whole traditional thing, Newman, with you, it, it's been cool to follow because, like, there was a lot of struggle at the beginning. And then it was oh, last yes. year when you shot you shot your first one last year, right? Correct. Yep. Got, so there were three years of 
of suffering through it. A lot of good shots, I, three inches over the back. There were, let's see. So, well, okay, the first, and I like, I love this story and I love this memory, except for just like one tiny, tiny little part. So uh, we had, um, I, I don't have a whole lot of options where I hunt, like locally. Um, there's some public land about an hour's drive away and it's kind of mediocre, but, um, I've got like two little six acre plots that I have permission to hunt on. Um, and so like small suburban deer hunting basically. So we went, but one of them, actually both of them, they open out onto the the open marsh. So we're in South Carolina, low country. So it's all, you know, marsh grass and then swampy in some areas. So like you may only have six acres, but you kind of have a few hundred extras that go out to the river, you know? And so my son and I had gone out there and he was, let's see, he probably would have been eight or so at this time. And, um, he kind of sits up against a tree. It's, it's an hour or so before shooting light. And, uh, and we had heard some deer in the woods. So that was a good sign. A lot of times they would like run out on the marsh and then kind of in and out of the trees, especially when they were rutting. And, um, so I kind of just hunker up behind like a shrub that's out on the marsh. And again, he's, he's on this tree that's on this little Island and um, before it even got light there and there's always there's raccoons everywhere. These two raccoons kind of walk behind me and I watch them and they're they, they get within about six inches of just climbing in my son's lap. And he's like frozen, like shaking, terrified. And then they finally scurry away. He was like, Dad, I thought they were going to attack me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they might. <laughs> um but it started to get light. The the bucks were chasing the does around, so that was pretty cool. So he got to see a lot of deer action. And then there was a spike that came in across the marsh, like right to us, across in front of this one shrub at eight yards. And I zipped an arrow right through its backstrap. Oh. And and so I knew I hit it, and I got really excited. And I got, I got, I got a GoPro on, so you hear me like, buddy, I got him, I got him. And he's all happy. And then uh, we look, and I find the arrow. There's, like, no blood on the arrow. There's a little bit of meat on it. And then um, we look up a few minutes later. I can't find any blood on the ground. We were going to give it some time anyway. And I see the deer walking across the marsh about 200 yards away. And it has, like, this little speck of blood on its back. And it just kind of looks at me and just walks off. Ah. <laughs> um, so Is that, that the best you got? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that and was, that was the first time? That was the first the first shot I took at a deer with a traditional bow. It was a um a Tolkien longbow. Nice. And okay. um and so bummed, obviously. But you know, whatever. And then uh later on that season, I think I missed one high at like twenty yards and uh obviously getting pretty frustrated the season after that. I had I got on video a couple of duck and arrow. Um and I finally I've come to the conclusion that all my struggles with trying to be, you know, accurate and precise, because I could go out and I was getting to where I was very confident, 25, 30 ish. Um, but I, I think I've come to the conclusion that I had so many years of my life where it was a ton of rifle, pistol, shotgun. Yep. Anytime you're aiming at anything with a rifle, pistol, shotgun, you never have to aim 18 inches below it to hit it. So my brain, like I couldn't, the gaps, I could not wrap my head around it. I was using a fixed crawl, so it was even like small gaps. Um, and I just couldn't couldn't get into my head. And it's finally, I can honestly say like this last year, things have started to click where 
I just kind of see it, you know, like I don't have to think about it. Um, I can set a gap. And then, so last year I, um, like I said, I got two last year and I got two again this past season. Uh, so it's kind of, it's kind of clicked. Awesome. I was about to say, once you got that first one, it seemed to really start rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, and every year I say, I won't ever do this again. I've, I've passed up a few that I'm pretty confident, you know, I could have put an arrow in, um, I had I had one this year that I posted the video. Um, it was you know especially now that I'm I'm coaching and and I've seen a lot of different shooters. Like I'm confident it's probably one of the most well executed shot I've ever made on an animal. And that thing ducked the string and didn't even get touched. <laughs> I know that feeling. No, oh, yeah. So yeah, rough. But I think we should hear the story of the first one. That's okay. that's one of our. Yeah, we enjoy those. I mean, the first traditional. We love hearing the first traditional kill. That's one of our favorites. Well, and and you know, it's kind of like one that I had this year too. But but I'll give you the full version. Um, So I'm in this little spot again on one of these little six acre plots. We had had a feeder out there, and around here, it's kind of one of those things like if you don't have a feeder, you don't get to play. Yeah. Um, Because you know everybody everybody does it. our season starts August 15th, any weapon goes all the way to January 1st. Wow. So the deer are a little on edge. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. So it's, um, I think in a different, in, in the upstate, it starts a little bit later, but we're, like I said, it's game on August 15th with whatever you want to use, you know, um, not whatever, but yeah, within reason. Yeah. Um, so I was sitting on this little place and um, I'm trying to remember, I don't, I don't think I had seen anything which is normal. Like you have days out there where you see one or two or you don't see anything, but it's, it's never really anywhere, you know, in between. Um, and then I, I, I was probably playing on my phone. My phone is like the best deer call I've ever found. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and magically they're, you know, 20 feet away and you can't do anything about it. No Um, idea how they got there. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I look up and I see, so probably at like 25 yards away from me, there's a road just past that. There's another tree line and I see a buck walk in, hop over this little ditch and just come right towards me. And, uh, and I, I even remember thinking, I don't think I said it again. I had a GoPro going, um, but I just remember thinking, Oh, hello. You know, and I was kind of like, I was kind of like, here we go. This is good. You know? And, uh, and so he comes in at like 15 yards and I draw and I shoot and I missed just low. And he hops into this little like set of trees right next to him. And I'm sitting there watching him. I had my quiver on the right side this time. So I, I reload. Um, and then he just steps right out back where he was. I'm like, all right, three inches higher. We're good. <laughs> and, um, and I shoot and he kind of, he jumps, but he doesn't really like, he, he goes maybe like five yards. And he's on the road at this point, um, and he just starts kind of walking. Um, and so I'm thinking, well, I'm pretty dang sure I hit him, but he's not acting like he's hit. And so he, he comes out, and I, I knew where he was standing, where the range was, 25. And I shoot an arrow, and then I see the big mule kick. And then I just kind of like, oh, man, I did it, you know, when, when I saw him kick like that. And um, so super excited. 
Um, wait a little while. I, I, I needed to get down so I could at least, you know, hopefully find the arrow before it got dark. So I got there and then I was going to kind of just chill out for a little while. Um, found the arrow, found lots of blood, uh, pretty much right off the bat. Awesome. And so I was confident, uh, pretty happy. Walked back to the truck and I, I take like my gear and stuff because I'm parked 200 yards away. So I don't have to go very far. Um, drop off my stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go track them. And so I start get back on the blood trail and it's like every step blood is this like, still one of those six steps. acre plots yep yep it is um did you so, did you find your first arrow yes yeah i did found everything i recorded no so no blood on the first arrow the second arrow um that i was like pretty confident that i hit him um it had it had blood on it so i was like okay yeah. i did hit him you know, yeah. um, and then obviously with his reaction, I knew, I knew in that third shot, which was the second hit, I definitely hit him. And like I said, there was just, it was a constant, there was never a step where I couldn't look down and see blood awesome. without having to look okay. real hard. So I'm tracking it, blood, tracking it, tracking it, tracking it. I, uh, I started like my, my watch to see, I was like, let me see how far, you know, this is going to go. And I just keep going. And then at this point, like I had been in kind of these open pines and now I was getting into just the, like, we got a lot of like, palm scrub just kind of nasty thick stuff um so i started getting into that but i was still following blood and i had gone about 350 yards at this point through the woods yeah and if, if you can imagine within six acres um you know kind of doing this like kind of skirt in the perimeter um and i look up with my headlamp and i see these two eyes underneath this low little like palm front just bedded down and it takes me a second. I'm like, is that is that my deer or is that just a bedded deer? You know, um, and I finally I, I see him and he's like kind of drooling. And I was like, OK, you know, let me back out. We'll let him just lay here for a little while. Um, I was initially my initial reaction was, well, let me put another arrow in. him. And then I remembered that I put my bow in my truck. So now I'm like, all right, um, let me go back to the truck and grab the bow. By the time I get back over here, it will have been, you know, 20, 30 minutes and then, uh, and then we'll see what happens and uh, I can see, you know, if he's, if he's dead or not. So I get back in there and at this point I get back to where he was. I don't, I don't see him. So I start looking around and probably five yards away through some, uh, some brush. I see him standing there looking at me. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well now he's up on his, up on his feet. Um, so I knock an arrow and I kind of skirt around to my right a little bit and I put one just right, right in the middle of his chest. It went in his kind of uh, like his left side, kind of where our collarbone would be. And it exited out his opposite hindquarter. Oh, wow. Um, picked up the arrow. Yeah. That's a 200 grain cutthroat. It, it did. Full pass through. Yep. Went in, in Dang. the front chest and it exited out the um, kind of the inside. You, you dug your way to China. Yeah. yeah, and you, you're shooting a lighter pound bow, aren't you? So that was um, a DOS HT21, and I think those limbs at my draw weight, it was like 46, 48 pounds. Dang, that's awesome. That's incredible. So, yeah, and I went and picked it up, and when I picked it up and saw the blood, I was like, okay, well, I just hit everything. Uh, (laughs) Dark red, red, bubbly red, little guy. (laughs) Got it. Then then I was like, all right, you know, and and at this point it had been a couple hours probably since I had shot it. Um, 
and I had had a deer a couple years before that that I hit with a compound that I tracked like 500 yards. And when I found it, like I, I couldn't have put the arrow any better, but I think the organs or whatever, he kind of sealed up the bottom hole that he would have leaked out of. And, gotcha. you know, so, so I was thinking, I was like, okay, well, this is good. Uh, you know, I, I know it's got three holes in it. Um, and so I start tracking blood and same thing, blood, 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 like every step. I go another 350 yards. Holy I, crap. I wind up, this is not an exaggeration. I wind up, I think 35 yards from my tree stand and he's laying dead in this ditch. That's basically like, like I said, 30 yards behind my tree stand. Oh my goodness. And at that point, so I, I shot him probably like 30 minutes before sunset. At that point, I think it was 10 30, 11 PM. Um, and I got buddy, my buddies texting me to get him, to get him, you know, just constant. And I'm like, no man. And then I just stopped answering. <laughs> you know, cause it been, say, That's good for the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it took me several hours, but I got him. And the only thing, the thing that, you know, I was thankful. I was excited. I was, you know, kind of just relieved, but, uh, it wasn't, you know, quite how you kind of picture getting your first year with the traditional bow, you know. He may have come um, in on the script, but it didn't play out like the script. Yeah, right, right. Which is kind of its own, like, that's its own great thing, too, you yeah. know. It would be boring if it wasn't like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but uh, so I got him and then, you know, snapped some pictures. And I think I had to be at work the next day, too. So, you know, it was, it was fun. Did you figure out where the first, the, 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 yeah. the first arrow hit him? So the first arrow hit kind of, uh, I can send you, I think I posted a picture. I can send you guys pictures too. It's like an inch above the brisket, right, you know, online where you would want it behind the shoulder, but low. Yeah. Um, and then the second one was about three inches higher than that, two to three inches, maybe two inches higher than that, um, and a little okay. bit tighter to the shoulder. Um, so, I mean, he went 350 yards with those two holes, and then – I put one in his chest and he went 350 yards now with all of that. And so it's, uh, it definitely earned some respect of our little, and, and he was a uh, hundred pounds, maybe. Okay. Pounds. So that just, shot, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, we just have these, you know, little coastal whitetails. So right. it's not like you're shooting, you know, big, heavy bone, heavy body animals. That, that shot placement's a, a very close to, uh, my uh, flintlock deer, my flintlock doe this year, and it, it kind of went in here and came out out front because mm-hmm. I believe I believe like when the when the pan went off, she kind of turned. But I mean, the amount of blood was insane. Yeah, like like I mean, I could see it ten feet out, and she went two hundred some yards. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, down. It must hit you know a lot of blood vessels, but not really important ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be something because I mean it was it was a gross amount of blood, and I mean it sounds like you had something similar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pretty wild. That's a pretty wild, uh, wild spot. I should look into the anatomy there, see what's going on. Yeah, I, I found I saw you know a post the other day where they show like the anatomically correct deer. And it's like the lungs are four times the size of any deer I've ever shot. You know, I'm like, I don't know how accurate that thing is. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's you, how we want them to go look. for. Yeah, exactly. What do you usually go for? Do you go for lungs or do you go for heart? Um, I, I just, I basically, 
like whichever way they're facing that back edge of the front leg and you know just just a little off of that pretty well it you know i, I had been aiming pretty much center of the body which would put it you know top of the heart or so um, okay. uh but now with their tendency like i said i'm learning that i got to hold lower for them jumping the string um yeah it's funny every deer that i've that i've missed from jumping the string you know i, I have now these I think all but one of the deer that I've gotten with a traditional bow, they haven't jumped and I've hit them low. <laughs> yeah. Figures. I also, I want somebody to do a study on bucks versus does jumping the string. Okay. Have you noticed it to trend one way or the other? Well, so the, the bucks that I've shot and maybe it's just time of year and they're dumb or something, their senses aren't, I, they don't duck the string. And then everyone that I've missed that has does been a doe. Same. Same. Does yeah. tend to think with their head more. That's <laughs> that is yeah, the well, benefit they have. That's kind of just typical in, in general. Like I mean, with humans too. I mean, women are way smarter than that. I mean, I don't want to admit that out loud, but <laughs> see, honey, this, this is why you should listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, compliment. <laughs> I said, I said the other day too that. Uh, oh my lord, sorry. I said that uh, we, I believe, like my my buddy's wife was talking about picking up a recurve. And I was like, oh, it's, that's no good. You're going to be a better shot than us right out of the gate. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, in general, like coaching-wise, the women are always going to pick it up and be better than the men right off the bat. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them have to them listening. <laughs> yeah. My wife no, beats me that. at everything. <laughs> uh. Beautiful. So well, that's, a, that, that's a heck of a start. I would say so. The the next cool thing I think has there been any key lessons you've like since that first deer? You may have already answered some of it with you know aiming lower and whatnot, but mm-hmm. has there been a few things that have really helped you along the way as your success has grown? Um, you know, well everybody everybody talks about you know probably some of the the people that I respect the most have stories of yeah I didn't kill anything for the first three five eight plus years. Um, and you know, you hear that all the time and it's kind of, I don't know, it's reassuring to know that these, some of these people that are, you know, legend status, uh, went through the same thing. So just, just that and kind of, um, being humble about it and just knowing that it's not like with a rifle or a compound where like, if you miss at reasonable ranges, you, you probably suck, you know, like it's something, you, just gotta, you know. Uh, or, or if you wound, you know, if somebody wounds a deer with like a 30 out six, it's like something was not, was not right. But, you know, you kind of have to accept. So like that level of, um, you know, like success and the, the probability of success, the every, like now, so like this year when I missed that one and dug the string, I was like, yep, that happens. You know, you just kind of yeah. smile about it. Um, yeah. Or, Whereas, you know, when I was really trying to get my first one, I, I would have been pissed off, you know, um, and wondering what what I had done. So I think just the mindset, I guess you could say, with just traditional hunting in general. Um, the big thing that helped me, honestly, is um, I think it was after that second season um, that I hadn't gotten anything. Again, I went through the push and I got I started getting coaching from uh, Alex Melnick. Good guy. And. You know, and and he sends out. He probably still does this. He sends out like a little questionnaire. You know, when you when you do some coaching sessions with him beforehand, and he said, "Well, what do you want?" 
and I said, like, I want uh, an unbreakable shot. You know, like, I want something that no matter what, I'm going to execute time after time after time and, and hopefully do it pretty well. Um, and so that's what he and I started working together. And, and that's like the first time I've ever actually gotten like personal coaching. Um, and he helped me build a shot that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident in. And now I found I recently discovered that like you can pick up any kind of bow and still do at least pretty decent, you know, if, if you've kind of trained the right way and hard enough. And so that coaching was a huge, huge thing. I just somebody was asking me a question the other day and I I told him, hey, all this is good, but like get a coach because yep. that's that's going to help you more than anything else. And there's, especially now, like it's so easy to get, I mean, I would even consider like doing solid archery mechanics. That's getting a coach in one way, you know? Sure. And there's somebody there to answer your questions. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Tom's all, I think he's still, he's still active on that, like answering questions and whatnot. Yeah. He is. Right? He is. That, uh, saved me a lot of frustration. Cause I had a lot of, I didn't know what it was causing. I, I was calling it shoulder pain. But basically mm-hmm. what was happening for like three years, my bow shoulder was riding up mm-hmm. and whatever muscle it is in your neck that goes from your neck down to your shoulder, that muscle was trying to, you know, help keep my shoulder in place. Right. Well, that's not a, you know, it's not supposed to be a heavy working muscle. <laughs> so right. I was you describing a, a shoulder there. pain was actually that muscle flaring in my neck. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, you keep your shoulder down, all suddenly that goes away. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful yeah like when i was talking about like the you know my first compound and i like i said i think everybody has similar stories but it's the same thing with shooting like if i think back to how i was shooting before and like why and how i was missing i you know you're grasping at straws to try and get it fixed or figured out you know unless you've kind of learned learned ways to do it um you know obviously like solid ultimate mechanics and now now that i've kind of gone through the process of becoming a USA archery coach, you know, it's all based on Olympic style shooting, I guess you could say in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, what I've discovered is, and, and I was talking to somebody uh, here recently talking about coaching was like, you know, I don't shoot a bow like that. I'm like, Hey, that's cool. Like there, there are a couple things that I've found that if you, if you do them like decently, you can show, shoot any kind of bow. You can shoot it. And this is like I've tried to figure out, okay, if you watch like instinctive shooters, snap shooters that are really good, why are they really good just like, you know, a bare bow shooter is? And to me at least, like alignment and tension. And if you can maintain alignment and maintain, maintain increasing tension, that's like when my shot starts to break down and, you know, we all go through like the the waves, that's the thing yeah. where I'm Either I'm not aligned or I'm I'm collapsing. I'm losing tension. Like, Alignment is the big one. What's that? Alignment's my biggest one. Like if I, if, I, if my shot goes to crap on me and I'm shooting like crap and I can't hold or something, it's because I'm out of alignment. Absolutely. I was in a um a symposium with uh, Coach Kissick Lee this past summer, and obviously he gave lots of good, interesting information from his experience with the USA Archery. But he said, and I immediately wrote it down. He said, "Archery is not aiming. Archery is alignment." Okay. Yep. I could see that. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. That's good. I, I think. I think. I, I like everybody who's struggling from target panic and things like that are most likely out of alignment. I think alignment's the, the root of all evil. Like if you're having a serious issue with your shot, mm-hmm. I think it's alignment. I mean, at least in my experiences, that's what's always been. Yeah, I can definitely. I mean, especially like you said with like shot anticipation, target panic, because mm-hmm. you're out of alignment. Everything's a lot harder. You know. You're, yes. You're, oh yeah. 
you know, so that that automatically puts your brain in like freak out mode. Oh, yeah. Panic uh, mode, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And then when you finally get yourself in alignment, everything's lined up and like you can you can kind of sit back and be like, "Oh, I got this. I can I, I can aim now. I'm not freaking yeah. out. I'm not losing my mind." Yeah, I I I'm, in all of my experiences, every time I run into trouble, it's because I'm out of alignment. Yeah, same here. Mine's degree of pluck. <laughs> yeah, but Schaefer, your pluck is well, elegant. Consistent. It's it's elegant. Elegant. It's an elegant. It's a very. It's, it's very elegant and it's consistent. So I'd roll with it. But you know, Schaefer, about your pluck, if you do it the same every time, man, well, you're good. So so this is the deal. Like. <laughs> I can really focus and I, I don't pluck, but then it's just like, if I just go out and I don't worry about it, I seem to shoot just as good as if I do worry about it. And it's a lot more fun mentally not worrying yeah. about it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've just uh, embraced the pluck as I put on my Insta story <laughs> sometime. Yep. What do you, what are you doing new and what are you doing to maintain that shot? Like, I mean, are, are you still going through step by step through every single piece of your process or have you gotten to the point where it's just I um so there are a few like steps that you know like by the book you're supposed to consciously do that yeah at this point like I don't think to myself knock the arrow you know step two right so so, yeah that kind of stuff um but I will say you know I probably it's one of those things where I just love to shoot I go in the backyard and shoot and if it's not kind of if things aren't going well, I'm like, okay, time to reset. Stance, not the arrow, grip, hook, you know. And so and then it's it's kind of my um, when when I really need to kind of get serious about it, I'm not just going out to you know fling some arrows, uh, which yeah. there's nothing wrong with. But that's when I kind of reset and I say, okay, go through the steps. Um, yeah. And that's what kind of gets me because because then you know I don't have to kind of wonder what's going on because yep. I'll go through those steps. And I can kind of see where I was breaking down before. It grounds you. Yeah. 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 No, I can. Yeah, that, that's. Oh, sorry, sir. I was just going to say, I can. I mean, I probably don't do it quite as thoroughly, but I would say I kind of do the same thing. When things start getting into that low point, start at ground zero and then build mm-hmm. back up. Yeah, that's that's something I've concentrated heavily on in the last like year and a half, two years. Like, I, I went through a point where. Two hunting seasons ago, I completely lost my shot that summer. Like, completely. Like, I went from, like, shooting lights out, couldn't miss. I could shoot tennis balls across the yard all day long to all of a sudden I couldn't hit a damn thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it ended up being, you know, my alignment was crappy, even though I thought it was good. But um, it, it brought me back to a point where I was, like, talking myself through the shot eventually and figuring out what I'm supposed to be doing. And it took me, I mean... I got my stuff together enough for last hunting season that I was able to go and kill a deer and, and everything went well. And I was able to hold on that deer and do what I needed to do. But it didn't really come back a hundred percent until this summer when I was, and, and it was like, I knew I, I figured out each point of my shot and, and talked myself through each part of my shot till to the point where I'm right now, I'm finally getting to the point where I can kind of relax a little bit and I don't have to be so, focused on it at all times but i still do find myself and and do pretty well i can but i still am doing the same thing shoulders Mm -hmm. that you know and doing every everything the same i still subconsciously am running through that process even though i'm not sitting there telling myself to do it every time if that makes sense yeah absolutely well and and even i mean it's uh because we get so like emotionally tied to our shooting so like when it Mm -hmm. our shooting sucks you know it 
it's just it's so frustrating. It's the bow it's, at that point. Yeah, right, it's, it's yeah. the bow. Right. Um, There's yeah, obviously it's the bow. I mean that's that's so that's like rule number one. It's the yeah. bow. Then it's the arrow. Um, right, and then it's the arrow, and then it's. I'm really. You know, I'm. Somehow I'm really good at that. What's that? I said, and then after that, it's my kid's fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of, of course, always. I've gotten to the point where I've, I've learned a very important lesson this summer, and it was something I struggled with very hardly. And finally, I realized that if I go out and I'm shooting like crap, I'm going back inside. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and, and a lot of people say I would try to shoot through it. Yeah, and it's and it's not a bad idea. Um, the way I, I've kind of tried to, and I have those days too, but the way I've kind of tried to look at it is, all right, you know, I'm missing whatever a foot left. You know, things are things are bad. Um, and instead of getting pissed off, I'm like, all right, we got a problem to solve here. What, what's going on? You know, yes. and like I said, let me, let me go back to that process and and kind of figure it out. And if, if that works, cool. It does most of the time or at least makes it like tolerable shooting. Um, yeah. But if it doesn't, then, yeah. OK, you know what? I'm going to go do something else for a little while and come back to this. Cause, and that's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's so mental. Like it's, you know, unless you're way overbowed. Uh, you know, archery isn't that much of a physical sport. Um, yeah. It's very, very mental. Yeah, I would definitely try and shoot through things, and that would make my situation way, 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 way worse. Yeah. So, I don't know about you guys. No, but- I've, had, I've had days where I had, like, a quiver full of arrows, and I was shooting horribly, and I just said, you know, screw it. I'm shooting all these arrows. I don't care, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Many days. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't know about you guys. So before Amelia came around and, you know, getting dark at like four o'clock, I used to shoot after work. Like I'd come home, grab the bow, go outside. And then I'd go back out around seven, you know, when it was still light out. And it was amazing how crappy I shot right after work when, you know, you're still kind of getting over work. You're, you're not, you're not mentally clear. And then like, yeah. That would make me so mad, and then I would go out at 7, and it's just like a whole different me. Mm-hmm. Just because work's no longer on the mind, I've eaten, life's good, shooting is amazing. And like, I, it, it cracks me up, and the only thing I can think of is mental clarity. Yeah, because sure, sure. Nothing else really changed. It's not like I changed anything session to session. Sure, I shot a little bit prior, but not well. And right. uh, that always cracks me up. I can definitely see that, man. Because when I'm when I'm coming home from work, I'm a little torqued up sometimes, or or I'm still I'm like in in my line of work, there's a lot of troubleshooting. So if I don't figure something out that day, I'm still trying to, even though I'm home and my day's over, I'm still might be trying to figure it out. And I'm not going to focus 100. percent So you do need that time to unwind. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's definitely my uh, you know, and I do it before work, after work, sometimes, you know. During work, like two a.m. from time to time. Yeah, uh, I do have a stretch band uh, in my drawer at work, so there, sometimes there's some form practice going on. I, I, I get I get the occasional uh, work from home days, and I'm not gonna lie, my lunch hours are outside. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> lunch hour, air quotes. Lunch hour. <laughs> Oh man, let's let's talk bows because you you shoot a little bit of everything. I've seen you shoot ILF bows and I've seen seen you shoot widows. What's um first question? I guess you got a rack of bows behind you. If you could only choose one for the next five years, which would it be? For the love. I'm not saying for the his life. I'm just saying for the next five years. You know, up on that rack is that St. Patrick Lake Yukon stick that I'm just obsessed over. You're digging that, aren't you? Yeah. 
So I, that that would have to probably be my. Uh, I, I've had enough time with all those other bows, but you know that one's still fresh. So I could spend some serious time with that over the next five years. Did you have to punch hole in your uh, sheet rock <laughs> to get it to? Get Very there? close. <laughs> I, uh, what, what people can't see is there's like a solid foot on either side of all the limbs, and then you work down the rack, and you can't even see the limb tips. <laughs> so that's a 68-inch bow. 70-inch, I'd be touching the walls. So I get an inch on either side. <laughs> and, and you should see me like knock over all this crap every time I take it off the rack. Oh, what, what, what else is hanging back there? Because it looks like there's some old-school stuff up top there. Um... Well, no, not really. It's uh, so that is a Bobbly Ultimate with the Cobra. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. And then behind that is a Stalker Vortex. Um, I, I think that one's for sale. If anybody. Uh, no, that I did have one for sale and it recently ah, sold. So okay. that was an all G10 carbon. It was a beast. Um, is, but in my drawing, it was just a little too heavy. Is that is there a Stalker G10 sitting there? Is that a Coyote or something? So there's the next one down is two Black Widow PMAs, one of which my son has just acquired from me without my permission, but it's his now. Wow. All right. <laughs> um, Good and move. then there's a Stalker uh, Apex with longbow limbs on it. So I got a deer with okay. that this year. Nice. Um, and that is G10, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I like, uh, I like the mass. So. Yeah. And self-defense um, if they're really close. Exactly. 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 There's a Stalker Wolverine F- FXT behind that. Um, uh, Carabo, a Misk, Longbow right below that, and nice. then the Yukon stick. And you're digging that, that Yukon stick. Yeah, I really am. I was, uh, I think you and I messaged back and forth, and I said, I, I've never been so excited to suck so bad with a bow when I was, <laughs> when I was like, about to show. And, uh, yes. I did not have high hopes. I was like, okay, this is going to be my next project is to learn how to shoot this thing. And um, I think when it got here, I tried a couple different arrows. And then it was like the third one I tried were some um, Black Eagle Vintage 600s. And, man, they just flew perfectly. And, and, and then you uh, want to kill something with it. And so I uh, – so that <laughs> – we'll see. I got – UPS delivered it on Thursday. I probably shot about 100 arrows that first night. Um, strange coincidence. I was sick the next day, so I missed work. And I got another 200 arrows in. Weird. Um, <laughs> And then uh, <laughs> Saturday, uh, I went hunting. It, it, my uh, my buddy's got a little tiny plot kind of right adjacent to his house that I hunt sometimes. And, uh, and yeah, I got a deer with it less than 48 hours after it showed up on my doorstep. I, don't, I, I have no idea what Chris is doing. Uh, beer. He's getting a beer. Opening a beer, bud. And I gotta use, yeah. I'm, 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 improvise, I'm improvising, overcoming, and adapting. I don't have a bottle opener, so i got to use my hairbrush to open my bottles of beer. <sighs> Sorry. But but yeah, I, I remember I remember seeing you be like, oh, I got my bow. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Look, I'm shooting. But the next day, there's a dead deer. I'm like, holy crap, what happened, you know? <laughs> I actually I messaged um, Alex Melnick, and I said, man, I'm seriously thinking about taking this thing hunting tomorrow. You know, I just got it yesterday. And and he basically, um, and not so many words, he basically was like, you know, no balls, do it. And I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> so I've messaged with Alex quite a bit in my day. I've never seen somebody, you know, the the three dots that bounce when they're typing. Yes. When when you when you message with Alex, do those somehow display anger or maybe anger? Is not, 
I've never seen him get more anxious with how the person's typing before until I messaged Alex. He's a... I love him to death, and I've learned a ton from him. He is so easy to get fired up. Oh my goodness, it's priceless. <laughs> talk to him about cheese. If you haven't talked to him about okay. cheese. Will do. Will do. He, he's a cheese fanatic. And I think if you're we've wondering, had some Pepper Jack is that. not fancy. Okay, Pro got it. I think we've briefly talked about cheese. I usually um, give him a hard time about um, his ping pong or table tennis career. Um <laughs> Which was pretty impressive, if anybody doesn't know. Um, but yeah, we haven't hey, had questions. He was a. T- maybe we should. Should we elaborate on this? Um, I don't know a lot of details, but he was like high level table tennis. It's Alex, of course he was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, why would he do it mediocre? You know. Yeah. yeah Have you guys ever sense. seen Balls of Fury? The movie. No. no, I know what you're talking about, but I haven't. It's seen a it. ping pong movie, and that is all I can picture right now. And just yeah. Alex being inserted into movie, it's it's, it's, it's a right. hilarious scene going through the head at the moment. Is he just like playing table tennis? Is that yeah, pretty much. And he's yeah. going to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, we like you, Alex. Here, don't worry. Oh yeah, very much, very much. Um, so. But yeah, like I said, it was just, I, I don't know, I was expecting the worst um, with just, you know, it's so different from any of the Longbows recurves that I had shot. Um, and I watched, um, again, the Push put out a, a video on ASLs recently, and I watched that, and I yeah. tried to like, get as much as I could from Eric um, at St. Patrick Lake and the things that he's posted as well, you know, about grip pressure and and um, that's huge. and some other things. Yeah, and and so I kind of went into it knowing those things, and because mm-hmm. I kind of developed, a, you know, especially like troubleshooting and helping other people with coaching and stuff, you get to see a lot of like problems. So I kind of had in my head, okay, here's what, here's how I'm gonna tackle this. And like I said, as soon as I got, you know, like I said, the third arrow I tried that was shooting well, I started shooting those, and um, and then that morning I. You know, I shot a couple broadheads with it, and they flew well. So, yeah, that um, that morning was interesting. So that was like mid December, and we had, and I think hearing you guys and some others talk about it, like we had just like on fire rut action mid October, and it we had a cold snap, and yep, then yep. it went up into the 80s after that here, and I went. I usually hunt, like, at least sit for a few hours, probably three days a week for the entire season. And I went from, like, the entire month of November where I didn't see a deer. Like, I didn't see a thing. Um, so I was kind of – I wanted to get one more um, this year. And I got one earlier, like, early, early in the season. And I wanted to get one more. And uh, I was kind of thinking, well – you know, it's probably not going to happen, but I'll go out and sit, you know, just enjoy, especially because it had gotten a little bit colder um, that weekend. And so when I got out there, it was still dark and I heard two bucks fighting. Nice. And I was like, well, that's strange for late December, like a, or at least around here. Never heard that before that this late. Um, and and then I watched these two or three, I think they were little like six point bucks, just chasing does all over the place. Um and so it, that was cool just to see. And, you know, I was, I was just happy that I actually was seeing deer and it was like, it was, you know, October again. Um, and then these, this group of three does had come by once bucks following them. Then they went the other direction and they came by again down the same trail. And one of the three took a right turn 
And, um, and you can see it in that video. She walked literally right in front of the tree that I was in. Um, I was probably about 15 feet up or so and shooting that 68 inch ASL. I, uh, if you watch it in the video, you'll see she's like right in front of me. I draw and I bend over the waist, you know, all the stuff you're supposed to do. And I think my string or something, it made a noise because her head pops up, but her head pops up like pretty much right when I release. Um, and it, 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 I knew, I knew I had hit her. I had actually, cause I was tired of missing these shots. You know, those little Reinhardt balls. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I tied a rope to one. I climbed up in the tree stand in my backyard and I would throw it out, shoot it, pull it back in to retrieve my arrows and then throw it back out and shoot it again. So I was practicing really close shots and she was at like five yards, maybe less. Um, and I hit her, I'm watching her and then like, couldn't believe it, especially after my past experiences. I just watched her tip over. And uh, awesome. I, uh, <laughs> I, the only time I've gotten like emotional, as we'll say, as men say, you know, the only time I've gotten emotional was when I was with my son and he, he shot his first deer with his rifle. And, uh, but after I saw that deer go down, like it, it hit me pretty hard. Had to break um, out the sunglasses. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, awesome. That is so good. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was just like, it was what I had kind of wanted and hoped, you know, all the previous deer had been, um, yeah. where it was just, I, I said earlier, like it was pure, you know, that's, that's how I wanted it to be. I wouldn't trade any of those others for, you know, the world, but, um, just having all that go down with, you know, a bow that it's 44 pounds. And I think I'm shooting, um, my arrows are like, I think they're like 570 grains at like a hundred and 50 feet per second, just barely. So, you know, all those things made me a little nervous, um, but it punched right through her. And like I said, she went down. Is, is that a, is that the, his regular grip or is there, does he make index grips or no? He does that. I have the dished grip. You, okay. Yeah. Um, that was a recommendation from Cody at the trad lab. I was picking his brain a lot and he said, go with the dish grip. And I basically said, all right, whatever you say. <laughs> Which which one's uh, Ethan got? Is that the straight? That's the, the yeah, flat. Yeah, just the straight. Grip, comes yeah. back at a point, right? Yep. Okay, okay. And you're, you're so yours would be more of the locator style, but it's more of a dish right in the middle, right? Yeah, it's like a perfect, you know, like circular yeah. out. Um, so it kind of puts, you know, it puts your palm like right dead in the center. Um, yeah. Of the handle. I watched a little bit of that video that they put out, and it was really good. And I want to, I should watch the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when are the wood arrows coming? Uh, you know, I've got so that's the next so step out of my little. I've got two or so out of my little test kit. Yeah, I know, I know, and I knew you were going to bring this up too. Um, <laughs> um, so you know, I have some unfinished um, with some ugly fletchings that I just had laying around that that shoot yeah. pretty well out of it. Um, but I just, I don't know, I haven't taken the the step yet to actually what, turn them into what, real arrows. Have you gotten close to like an idea of what spine you'd be ending up with? I think I was, um, well, I was using 125 grain points and I'm thinking I may want to go a little heavier than that, but I think yeah. it was the maybe 50, 55 or 55, 60s. I think. Yeah. That's um, probably where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard because, you know, with my longer draw shooting lighter weight, you got to kind of work to find that kind of happy medium, you know, with yeah. getting the right spine. And that's with any arrow. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I'm trying to think of the progression here. So 
D-style bow, wood arrow, self bow, stone point. I have an atlatl in my garage. Well, that that might be the end result here. Okay. Stone right. point, yeah. cane stick. Cane stick with spear? a stone spear? point. Spear. spear. I would say it would be atlatl and then spear. Tim Wells, spear. Because I feel yeah. like an atlatl, you get more distance than a spear. Sure, and then sure. Knife, knife and then scissors. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm scissors. following. It. Maybe a machete, then a knife. Hmm. And then just bare it's hands. Like, what about those dudes in Hawaii that hunt pigs with knives? Yeah, exactly. It's done. It's pretty badass. Yeah. That'll be Newman I, uh, in about six years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, uh, Chris, you know, we're talking, you know, do it the hard way. Try Barda, you know. So that's, yeah, that's the mindset. Yeah. <laughs> 180 pounds of blue twisted steel. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's awesome. The, the wood arrows, I mean, well, and then, like, I see your hand-painted, you know, trademark violation camo arrows. and uh, uh, I don't know if it was that like, close. Oh. Yeah, well, but see, because if I start, I'm like, ooh, I want to do one just a little bit better than that, you know? <laughs> that's right, man. That, that's that's that, It's all about pushing the bar here. I, I'm trying to – to because Schaefer's been beating me senseless with all his fancy arrows coming outside to do something. See, what I you do, Newman, is they make this sticky stuff that they can print an image right on, mm-hmm. and then you roll it, and then you have a perfectly crest-crowned arrow. <laughs> Schaefer, what did your dad say? I'm going to get some wraps and show Chris how much easier they are or something yeah, like exactly. that? exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I got sucked into the, the, the artsy part of it. It's fun that, to just make them they're so much fun. It's very, very cool. Uh, like I said, I love watching you and a lot of the other guys that do it well. It's cool seeing them. Um, we, we probably we, we're going to get into this in a second anyway. But um, we went and uh, got the got in, the invite to come see Monty Browning at his house over the Christmas break. Oh my goodness! Yes, and, uh, yeah, those those pictures were amazing. <laughs> well, he's got an arrow. Um, that is, it's basically uh, copperhead skin from like the full length of the arrow. Wow! Um, and it looks, it looks insane. Uh, it's very, very cool. And uh, it's funny because it's, it's probably only, it's like a 24 inch arrow. And he's like, you know, everybody's always asking me, well, why is it such a short arrow? What are you going to shoot with that? He's like, that's all the snake that I had. <laughs> <laughs> how did that, how did that end up happening? How did you get hooked up with him? So uh, last Christmas. I'm talking to my uh, my brother-in-law as all the family is together, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, um, we had we had to have some trees removed in the backyard." And he was just kind of telling everybody about some home stuff they were doing. And he was actually Newman, the guy who did it. He's kind of he, like he's into some archery stuff. I think he might make his own bows. And um, and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." He's like, "Yeah, I don't know. His name's Monty." And I kind of stopped him and I look over like we're sitting on the couch. I have a traditional bow hunter magazine right next to me. And I pick it up and I'm like, Monty Browning? And I point to it. He was like, oh, do you know him? <laughs> of him. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, uh, he's kind of a big deal, you know? Um, and so we started talking and he was like, well, let me let me shoot him a text real quick. And so he still had his number and, you know, they've kind of become friends. And uh, the next day my phone rings and uh, I pick it up. I'm like, hello. He's like, hey, Newman, it's Monty Browning. And I was like, whoa. So, like, we talked talk for an hour or so. Um, I was in the backyard shooting arrows on my phone with Monty Browning, so that was pretty cool. Can't beat um, that. 
then this year I, I sent him a message and I said, Hey, we're going to be in the area. You know, we'd love to just come say hello, shake your hand kind of thing. And, uh, he invited us like me, my son, nephew, brother-in-laws. He's like, y'all come over to the house. And we hung out there for a couple hours. Oh, that's great. That the, is great. The, the only downside I can see here is your son has a signed Samick Sage by Monty Browning and just recently took your PMA. I know. So it sounds well, like I mean, a new trip to Monty Browning's house is in order. Get the PMA signed. Yep. Yeah, that's I, right. I went um, two years ago. He was at ETAR, and uh, I went over there with all intentions in buying, to buying his book, right? Mm-hmm. And. I, I start. I went over and I started talking to him, and he starts telling me the alligator story because he had the alligator across the table. And I'm, I think like 35 minutes went by, and I laughed my ass off. It was the best story because he's a heck of a, a storyteller. And I walked away. Like we, we had this great conversation. I walked away, and then I realized I didn't buy the book. And I, I when I went back, he wasn't there. So we went to. Kalamazoo last year and he was there and I was like I'm buying his book I said it's a Schaefer like four times I'm buying my book as soon as I see him and every time I went over there it was just like he had left and left his wife there and I was like well I want to talk to him so I'll, I'll come back and it, I just kept missing him and I still haven't bought his damn book so I'm really hoping he's at Kalamazoo this year so I can buy his book but what 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 a storyteller what an, an amazing dude just well, listening to that guy yeah absolutely because you know I've, I've listened to I haven't gotten to see him in person until then. Um, but you know, listen to all his podcasts and everything, but it was like, you know, again, kind of like in awe because we're standing in his living room and he's like pointing to, you know, a mount and he's then he tells the story of it, you know, and then he's like, Oh, there's the world record water Buffalo over there in the corner. And, you know, so it's, uh, and you would never know it, you know, you you would never know that somebody who's accomplished all that is, you know, just kind of living back in the woods in this little log cabin. Yeah. Cutting trees down for a living. I'll yep. never, I was listening to the, uh, I think it was on the Stickbow Chronicles. He was telling the story about how he was going to go check out the carcass and the, the sow started like barking at him yep. and he started, yep. so I was running a loader at work that day and I, I must've been just, I probably wasn't even running it for like 15 minutes. <laughs> I was just sitting there and like, ah, with goosebumps listening to the thing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh crap. I should probably start working again. <laughs> yeah, he um he he retold like you know kind of the end of that while we were there uh, again among many other things. So yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's awesome. What a cool experience, and and what a cool experience to have with your son too. That's great. Yeah, that I cool. he was excited because you guys were oh, shooting yeah, right was... in his house, weren't you? Off of the picture. Yeah. So he um. Well, like he showed Monty his boat. I thought like, oh, that's pretty cool. And he's like, hang on one second. And he has this old bag of like, you know, um, they're like cotton, like mill type, you know, fabric and stuff. And uh, he went over and set it by his fireplace and he would take a shot. And my son would take a shot and he would take a shot. And my son would take a shot. And then uh, he had like a little tuft of cotton sticking out of it. And I think in the end, he, he told my boy, he was like, because they were both kind of right next to it. He's like, we tied. And still now my son will be like, I tied Monty Browning. <laughs> <laughs> Should have asked him to oh, hold man. his hand on the target like he did with the, uh, because it was Monty Browning that got the arrow through the hand, right? Oh, I haven't heard that one. I'm trying to remember if it was Monty Browning. He shoots. He shoots his hand. Well, I feel like somebody was shooting and they were shooting. Yeah, I think somebody had a compound or something along those lines, and he said, "If it's so good, shoot like you know through the circle I'm going to make with my hand," and somebody shot through his hand. It was something Yikes. along those lines. I think that was Monty Browning. 
Regardless, oh. it was intense. Yikes. <sighs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, that was, uh, like I said, that's that's been a good memory, you know, possibly once in a lifetime, but hopefully uh, hopefully I get to see him more. And I've, uh, I'm trying to make arrangements for him to come talk to our campers at this summer camp that I work at. Um, so that hopefully that would be pretty cool if that happened. Is he, he's in, is he in South Carolina or is he in South? He is. Yeah, okay. He's on the opposite side of the state from where I am, but yeah, he is. That's great. I always got to remind myself that other states, it isn't three hours to anywhere within the state. <laughs> right. Right. We're, well, we're I hope he's in Yeah, we're in a good spot because we're like an hour south of Charleston, nor, hour north of Savannah. Um, but, you know, it's it's all flat. Like I live 30 feet above sea level, you know, <laughs> so, so there's not a whole lot of uh, variation around here. Yeah. I you remember to drive far to get to that. You had a pretty funny post one day. You're, you're saying all you guys are talking about cold weather and winter hunting and tips and tricks about it. And here he is hunting in the same stuff that he was for the last like three months. I'm like, huh? Oh yeah. Well it's, uh, yeah. We, we had, well, I think this year we had, you know, when the whole country got slammed, we had some days in the twenties and then like, that was it. But it's, you know, I think it was 70 today. Um, and we're about to get thunderstorms. So it's like, it's, you know, June. Yeah. Somebody was complaining. I, I haven't been there, but somebody was complaining in Pennsylvania that we've been getting thunderstorms the last two days. Yeah. That's, that's what we're getting now. Uh, yeah. yesterday and today. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it's pouring here right now, which is not normal for mid-January. I'm in, uh, well, we're not getting rain yet, but I'm, I'm in Milwaukee right now, and we're we're uh, allegedly getting high winds tonight, and they were saying like eight-foot swells on uh, in the river here, at the, I guess inlet or whatever the hell it is, off, I think it's Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. Not too really good my geography, but yeah, they're seeing that on my uh, weather app coming across today. So, interesting uh Interesting stuff. Interesting weather we're getting. Yeah, we're um, there's a PBS hunt coming up in March, a hog hunt that um, we're going to go on, and nice. it's a, a place where you know if it's not a ton of rain, then you drive right up to where you're going to camp and you're all good. And then if we do get a lot of rain, we're going to be paddling pretty much everywhere we go. So that one's going to be interesting. Is there a lot of hogs near you? Um, you know, it's weird. Like around right where I am. They're, you know, they're, they're not in any of the areas that I hunt. Um, we're so like, I live on an Island. We have like, I hunt on a different Island. So all these little sea islands that are around the coast, which I think kind of prevents them a little bit from getting kind of, you know, everywhere. Um, but they are around. Um, you don't hear a lot about them. We've, we've gotten a lot of coyotes here recently. Um, but the hogs still haven't taken over. But like, if you drive, you know, 45 minutes, east or south and then you'll run into them everywhere because there was a while where i was trying to figure out if there was anywhere that was remotely close to hunt hogs in the winter mm-hmm. and i think south carolina was the closest state although to say close is a bit of a lie still <laughs> give it time they'll, they'll, they'll make their way up to you yeah it's not a drive down thursday come home sunday and it's worthwhile right <laughs> yeah type of distance yeah now it's hard. I'm 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 kind of excited because I've I've stumbled on a few other PBS hunts that are somewhat close by. But you know, it's like I'm jealous of you know Pennsylvania and all you guys that have access. I think I feel always feel like I'm literally on like an island here when it comes to traditional bows and equipment and stuff. So 
it's uh it's cool being able to hook up with some of those guys on these hunts if it makes you feel better i can i can relate just much colder yeah right are you uh Uh, are you looking getting out anytime soon coming up uh any shoots or anything like that i um i alex badgers me all the time about about this and i want to we almost made the trip to etar uh last summer and it just didn't it didn't work out um i still want to make it up there eventually but you know any of this stuff like during the year like all these things that are happening in january i um I'm a high school teacher, so January is like when we get a whole, you know, new semester starting, and so it's like to take off work is not convenient during that time. Um, no. And then if it's during hunting season, I'm probably going to say no. <laughs> so you know, it's, I, I kind of limit myself, and I have, you know, I think it, I think it was 14 hours for me to get to Etar, or 12 to 14 hours. So it's uh, it's a push. I will yeah, say 14 hours totally worth it. Yeah, totally. It'll happen. I will make it happen at, at some point. If it, if it makes you feel better, I'm driving 16 to Kalamazoo. <laughs> just, <laughs> See, just to go stare at some bows. So you have to go. Uh, that's... He's, an, he's an influencer. Hashtag influencer. Right. That wasn't that's the right. case the first two times. <laughs> Every year I go, I'm like, I'm not going back again. And then... I get bored and I go. Well, see, I, I need you to use your influence to have some of these things move a little further south. You know, we don't get snow. Yeah, we got to uh, go south for something. I, I did just kill a mosquito in here, so you know you don't escape those in January. But um, yeah, start. We need we need to influence some more big trad things going on here. You know, below well, Virginia. I'm still trying to figure out how I've been called. Uh, no, I, I don't like the influencer thing being pushed. <laughs> It's, it's by far part. Chris. It's by far Chris. What? No. Yes. Nobody knows who I am. Yeah. We we went to a shoot. They all knew who he was. <laughs> slaves, <laughs> slaves, slaves ripped off. Hey, that's Schaefer. Who's the guy with him? I think if you're hashtagging your pluck, that makes you an influencer. I never hashtagged uh, Oh, did I? I think you did, bud. <laughs> I think I, I just wrote it. I don't use hashtags. I'm not that cool. Well, if you didn't, I will be from now on. <laughs> My my friend and I. This might be a mistake. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it. it's too good. We want to make shirts out of something that we say out back all the time, and it's freaking priceless. And it has to do with plucking. You can't stop there, man. Yeah, it's five o'clock in Plucker Ritaville. We want to come up with a shirt that says that somehow, with a catchy. Uh, Could you do like um, like palm trees, but are just like the fingers of your hook? You know, <laughs> we're, we were thinking of a guy looking in the the weeds for an arrow. That's pretty good. Pluckerita. Good, good. Uh, so what's 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 next for you? What do you got? Uh, you, you're pretty much you're kind of like me, aren't you? you? Stick around, stay local when you hunt. Yeah, pretty much. Um, like I said, starting to branch out. Um, Hopefully using some of these, like, I think there's a, some PBS in North Georgia later on that I want to try and get to. And then, um, I don't know, eventually, eventually try and get out West and do all those other great things. Um, but I mean, I, I have fun around here. It's, it's a challenge. It's, um, you know, it, it still hasn't gotten old yet where I feel like I have to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for my son, uh, son to get a little bit older and then out West we go. Yeah. I'm sure you'll probably do the same. Yeah. Yeah, he's um he's really excited about this hog hunt too. He's um so that's why he's been he's now shooting my widow because he's trying to get something that you know we can get him out there and have a 
decent chance if he can get a shot at one. So you said it's about thirty nine um, pounds. Yeah, yeah. So we're still messing around with the arrow that he's going to shoot, but it's probably going to be like 550 grains ish, something like that. What's what's legal for South Carolina? Is it 35? Uh, so remember what I said, like August 15th, it's any weapon. Like yeah, we're, we're, there's nothing written with there's a minimum. No value. limitations. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean that that leaves it wide open for us, yeah. you know. I was about to say, Excellent. I, think I shot my first year with a 2018 with a bare razor head, and it was 54 at 30. Mm-hmm. And if I was drawing 24 inches with that bow, that was that was probably good. So it was yeah. probably low, low 40s, if not high 30s. Right. And I got a pass through. Yeah. Well, yeah. it hung up on the feathers and fell out. Gotcha. That's awesome. So, so small tube. That is awesome. Worked, worked perfect. Yeah, so it would be cool... Um, he hunted once with his compound this year, but he didn't get a shot. All of his deer, he's gotten with rifle. Um, but, um, yeah, I think he, he's, I mean, you guys have seen him, like he's got a stupid good shot, you know, just naturally. And so yeah. frustrating, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> his shot of the days are just, uh, and he little, hit the little depressed, a little depressing for me. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm, I'm still, you know, like, Doing this and making myself and he's, my hand right, and, and he's perfect. You know. So yeah. that's that's what I told him. I was like, just please, please don't ever change. You know, especially your release and follow through. Um, and so you know, and, and I also told him that like, you know, if he's missing the stuff that we got to diagnose is way easier to fix. You know, like keep your bow arm up. Like that's way easier to think about than all the yeah. release and you know follow through and everything else. So you have, have you had the coaching very. Have you to coach him really hard, or, or is, is it pretty pretty natural? Not really. It's um, well, I I appreciate this hunt coming up because it's gotten him to actually shoot his bow more. Um, because he he would only do it you know every once in a while, but especially like I said when we're at camp and stuff, and I'm coaching everybody, I'll um I'll do so. But he's like I said, there's not a whole lot with him that I've really had to do. It's again, it's more mental stuff, just um you know not anticipating that shot, but. Form-wise, yeah. yeah, it's been easy. The, uh, you have a really good follow-through where you come back to your shoulder fairly cleanly or behind the neck. One thing Chris and I quite enjoy is uh, the the golf ball thing that Tom Clum teaches. Mm-hmm. A lot of people end up there, but they do not take the most direct route there. Yep. And it is very interesting to watch. I mean, I, I am guilty of it, too, because I definitely hand comes out and then still magically somehow <laughs> comes back to the shoulder. And it's it's very interesting to see the root of some hands and how they get to the golf ball. Well, and you'll see it. You'll see it on the podium at Lancaster, you yeah. know. Oh, oh absolutely. Lights out. And it's like, hey, I'm, or, you know, can't criticize or, if they're shooting like that. <laughs> Is it what's the guy's name? Dwayne something? Dwayne Martin? Is it? Yeah, yeah. He's he's dead shot. Yeah. Like his hand doesn't move. It just sits right next. to Like the arrow's gone. His hand's still the same. There's no follow through. There's nothing. It's just dead shot. But yeah, you definitely see a whole like some of the best shooters in the barebow division have the craziest plucks. Yeah. Goes back. You can do it twice. It comes down to consistency. If you can do the same damn thing over and over again, hey, you're going. Right. Like I said, alignment and increasing tension. You know, even yep. with a with a dead release, if as long as that tension's increasing when it comes out of your fingers, you're good. 
It's just, yeah. and this is where, you know, like I'll have people say, like when I'm coaching kids that are using a, a wrist rocket with their compound and stuff, and I try to show them how to not just punch it with your finger. And they're like, but I'm shooting well like that. I'm like, well, yeah, you are until you aren't. And there's, you know, that time when you're not is going to, is going to hit you like a ton of bricks if everything yeah. else is in place, you know? Yeah. Are, are the camp, the campers mostly compound shooters or are are they, uh, you get some of them so, the traditional? They've had um, Genesis bows out there. Okay, yep. Great. Um, And so, but I think this year we're going to have, I think I've got us where we're getting some recurves and stuff. Um, But those Genesis bows are good. I mean, because they They shoot, shoot, you know, a save or something like that. Um, Just got a little bit more umph. And we had had kids winging arrows at, uh, it was like a mini 3D bear. And it's like right at, I think, 55 or 56 yards. And they were putting these, you know, those little Easton, um, I can't even remember what spine arrow they are. There's like the purple ones. Yeah. The jazz. The uh, jazz. Jazz. There you go. So they're like weaving those through tree branches 55 yards away. And I think two or three kids hit the bear uh, with a little Genesis bow. So that was pretty cool. Awesome. That is cool. They are neat bows. Oh, yeah. They were great. Great way to start a kid out at. Yep. Heck yeah. All right, fellas. What else we need to cover here before we wrap this sucker up? Well, all I can say it's been a great one so far. So, yeah, it's it's nice to finally actually sit down and BS with you because I think we've been talking for a little bit now and and uh, and having some good um, back banter. and forth, <laughs> yeah. some entertaining banter. Yes, definitely. So it's nice to catch up with you, man. Finally. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was cool when you uh, when you asked me. I, you're in my first podcast, so um, I told I told you what my yes. son said when I told him. Yes, we go yeah. to we go to Colorado or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He was like, oh. I was like, hey, um, buddy, I'm going to be on the you know Broken Arrow podcast. He's like, oh, cool. So that's going to be awesome. And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, you know, it's that'll be cool. But he was like really excited. And I finally, I was like, what, you know, what do you think this is? He's like, are we going to like Montana or something? And I'm like, no, sorry, man. <laughs> man, I'm so sorry to let him down. <laughs> He was thinking like we listen to Meat Eater every week, you know. So he hears all those guests that fly out to be all these things. I'm like, no, nah, it's not yep. like that. Not yet. No, we're we're a little bit low rent and low budget. We'll we'll send him a sticker. Uh, there yeah, you definitely, definitely. We'll get him a sticker. Oh man. Yeah, no, anything I else? I, uh, I I've just been again like finding like finding like getting into the archery community. I mean that that was all fine and good, but finding the traditional archery community. Um, and just being able the other day, I, I sent Tom Clum a text message and he replied to me, you know, like just everybody's so helpful and accessible. Um, yes, um, that, that's probably one of the biggest, like big picture things that I'm just happy about with kind of going this route and and getting into it as deep as I have. That, that is the the best part. The people, the people are the best part. Yeah. And, and I mean, like we're Kalamazoo. I can't wait to go and just talk to people. It's going to be so much fun. That's why I drive this 15 hours, 16 hours, it is. whatever it is. It is, 100%. Dave said it in the last episode. It's the people and the com- camaraderie. I always screw that word up, but it is. You nailed it. Thanks, bud. You're welcome. Practicing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it definitely is. It's And it's it's kind of – I have this double-edged sword with social media because I absolutely hate it. But at the yep. same time, I have yep. so much fun talking to people, you know? You know, I so. – I, uh, I started my Instagram account because like doing school and knock, I was like, well, you can message Dudley on Instagram. And I was like, Oh cool. I'll check that out. And so that's, that's the only reason I started it. 
and uh, <laughs> you know, I just have fun posting and sharing stuff. But I think you know, I never follow more than like 20 people because so I'm like, well, you know, I'll I'll look at the stuff I mentioned in, and then I don't want to get sucked into this thing, you know, with social media. But it's like without that, I I would never have connected with you know any of the people that you know. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, I'll keep it around for a little bit, I guess. It's it's always strange. I was I was actually just doing this prior to when you got on Newman. I was like, yeah, it's a friend. I'm like, well, it's it's somebody. Yeah. I I, I yeah. know. Never met him, but I I talk right. to him on I a fairly to, regular. I talk to this dude weekly or or daily or something, but I've never met him. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. It no, is funny. It's, it's definitely strange. I have more conversations with you know people like you all on my phone than I do with, you know, some uh, buddies that I live 20 minutes away from. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I have constant messages going back and forth between a bunch of different people that I'll probably, mm-hmm. I've never met or, you know, hopefully someday I do. That's how Chris, but I talk I to them every day. Yeah, seriously. I just had a guy, um, that I, I sold a bow to last month. He sent me a picture about 10 minutes before I got on with you guys. He's like, Hey man, I just got a deer with it. And it was like, you know, yeah it was just awesome and so blown away that you know he was so excited uh i think he said he shot it at like four yards from a ground blind and so he had had an amazing you know experience and you know like i never met this guy the only conversations we had was he wanted to buy a bow and i was like yeah man here you know and then now he's texting me showing me this deer so it's pretty cool that is the best that is freaking awesome yep it's a good community we got it made Yep. We're lucky. Which is why I got to get up to Etar or somewhere. Definitely, definitely come up. I mean, this summer is a great time. It's it's not out of the question. <laughs> all right, it's cool. The so the one thing you'll notice is you you'll talk to all these people a lot, and then it's still awkward meeting them in person. It's <laughs> it, that doesn't change. <laughs> you do like the strange awkward hug handshake thing. Yeah, like hey. Uh... <laughs> and it's usually like either hey you're up there or hey you're down there it's 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 never where you expect it to be height really messes with Schaefer it does I don't know why everybody's eye to eye when you're on Instagram you know <laughs> <laughs> is that is that why you asked how tall I was like in the first two minutes of this conversation that's all, yeah, all he's, Schaefer's con- he's concerned are you taller than him <laughs> you gotta know you know how much you bench. <laughs> my bow's 54 pounds. <laughs> so we'll just say, what was that? I said more than my bow. <laughs> and I could probably put the string behind me and push it up. So we'll say, well, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, awesome. Newman, thank you so much, man. Thanks Absolutely. for coming on here. Yeah, thank you all. Appreciate it. It was fun. Mm-hmm.